Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. In the New King James Version. Actually, it's, that's, that was dying off a little bit, guys. We might need to try that again. Mark chapter 5. Oh, okay, that's better. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, and when he had come out of the boat, that's Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. You know, self-harm isn't a new thing. It was happening back in these days. And, you know, psychologists tell us why people self-harm. There is so much pain happening in their life that if they can create some pain on the outside, they hope to take away some of the pain on the inside. It's very powerful. You know, this man's life is very symbolic of this world and people's lives. It's very symbolic. Nothing in the Bible is there just for a little bit of an account, and it's there to teach us something today. You know, although this man was alive, he was living like a dead person. Although he had a heartbeat, he was living in a place where everything around him was dead. He was living in a cemetery. And you know, you can easily find yourself in life where you're alive. You've got a heartbeat. If I was to check your pulse, you're alive. But the reality is you're feeling like you're living in a cemetery of dead dreams. Or you've got a relationship. It's alive. The relationship, you've got one. But there's an aroma of death about it. And for some of us, you've got a job but it's not the dream job, and you feel like you're alive, but you're living in a place that's surrounded by death. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Some of us feel like this. Some of of you may be new here today, you're feeling like this. Confusion. This man was living a life that was completely out of control. He was unrestrained. The Bible says no chains could bind him or tame him. You know, we can find ourselves living an unrestrained life. How often do we find ourselves doing things that we honestly said to ourselves we were never going to do? We find ourselves going to places that we said, I'm never going to go there again. And next thing you know, we're there again. It's funny how we can look at this guy and go, wow, what a loser. Or wow, I'm glad my life's not like that. But in the spiritual realm, it looks exactly the same as this. I'm never going to look at that stuff again. Next thing you know. I'm never going to eat that again. Next minute, Brunetti's. You know, this man was not only hurting himself, he was hurting people. He was unrestrained. The reason that they used to bind him, by the way, is because he used to hurt people. And, you know, maybe you haven't heard us say this before, but this is something we believe in our church. Hurt people hurt people. I'm going to say that again. Hurt people, 
hurt people, can't help themselves. And this man was living a life like that. And I believe that when he was having a good day, I believe he would actually ask people to restrain him. Because I, I don't think that's the sort of life he wanted to live. But then when he couldn't help himself anymore, he would literally break out of the chains. And you know, for some of us, we willingly chain ourselves to a certain behavior sometimes. We chain ourselves. We say, you know, I don't want to be like that anymore. Come on, it's called, it's called the 1st of January. It's called New Year's resolutions, right? It's called getting yourself into a bit of financial trouble and you say, that's it, I'm making a decision. It's like, I'm not going to have another relationship fail again. It's like, I've, I've watched that stuff too many times. All it does is produce guilt in my life. Right? And so what we do is, on a good day, what we tend to do is we chain ourselves to a certain behavior. But then how many of you know that then once we're chained there, we often break out of the chains. Yeah, that's so true. We, we, we're living just like this guy. You know, that's it. I'm not going to put another carb in my mouth. No more pastas, no more rice. I know what I've got to do. And so we chain ourselves to a behavior. And then someone from our church invites you to dinner. And there's a lasagna that, oh my God. Like, it's like there's a halo around it. It's, seriously, if you, if you listen carefully, it's like, oh, eat me. And what do you find yourself doing? Breaking from the chain. Come on, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's not as deep and dark as we may think it is. I think what this is showing us is sometimes in life, we, we, we try and restrain ourselves, and we try and chain ourselves to a behavior but we find ourselves breaking the chain over and over and over again. That's it, I'm gonna be romantic because I saw that guy at work. I saw that girl get some flowers and I promised myself, that's it, time for me to be romantic. And you did it at least once after that. But then it's just back to the same old behavior again, come on. Verse six, it says, when he, that's the man, saw Jesus from afar. He ran and he worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. That's the way demons talk to Jesus. Hey, we serve the king. Yeah. Amen. Don't, please don't be afraid of demons. They are far more afraid of who's in you. Come on, you've got to... Here we are all afraid of demons. And they're saying, if that person only knew if they speak the name of Jesus, we're going to get out of here. If you hear a noise about your house, don't get scared. Just call out the name Jesus. Have a look at the response. He says, for he said to him, Jesus, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Verse 15, it says, it says then they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been, had been demon-possessed and had the legion, sitting and clothed, and listen to what it says, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. What was the difference with this man? What happened that although he was trying to live a life that was continually being unrestrained, all of a sudden, when Jesus comes into the picture, now he's living a life where he's clothed, he's sitting at Jesus' feet, and he's got his life together. What was the difference, friends? 
What was the difference? Well, the Bible makes it really, really clear. And guys, it's not as spiritual as you may think. Yes, the demonic part was very spiritual. But the Bible tells us what Jesus actually did for this man that actually changed his life. Are you, re are you ready for it? The Bible says he was in his right mind. Listen to what happened. God changed his thinking. Do you want a brand new life? You can come to 30,000 altar calls and God will do something. If you really want to see God change your life, change the way you think. Do you want to see transformation take place in your life? Change the way you think. God renewed his mind and God changed his thinking. A new person, do you want to be a new person? You've got to get a new mind. A brand new mind. Amen. Have a look at what Romans 12, 2 says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God. Everyone say, let God. But let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. I want to be a new person. Well, then change the way you think. But that's too hard. I just want to get prayer and stuff. Sure, but the prayer is going to be, God, change the way they think. Please help them, Lord, to change the way they're thinking. It says, then you will learn to know. You will learn to know. Look, look, look at all the words that we, we're seeing here. Learn, know God's will for your life, which is good, pleasant. Listen, let me say it to you this way. God is not trying to conform you. He's trying to transform you. God doesn't want you conformed to a behavior God doesn't want you shackled to a chain. He wants you changed. He wants to change you, not chain you. Amen? Repeat after me. God wants to change me, not chain me. That was the difference in this man's life. All the other times, listen, listen to what I'm saying. He was chained to a behavior, but he hadn't changed to a belief. Are you hearing that? He was chained to the concept. You know, for some of us, let's be honest. Come on, can we get real? Are we ready? Some of us, we're chained to the idea of coming to church. Yeah, I should go, and the wife wants me to go, and I probably should be there, and, and, and we're chained. But you know what? It doesn't last very long. How do I know? Because I've been doing this for 15 years, and people love it for a season, but then all of a sudden, some other things start to come along, and it's like what you were once chained to, now you, yeah. and you break off. You break off. What, what's different? No, no. God is looking for people to be changed about your, behavior, about your belief about church. That when the Bible says, blessed are those who dwell in your house, is that something that you honestly believe with all of your heart? With all of your heart? I believe that blessed. You know what? You can take the chains off and you still find yourself in church. God needs a bunch of people who honestly believe that, you know, it's great doing life with honest, loving, caring people. God doesn't want us chained to coming to church. He wants you changed in your Amen. This is, this, this is what God wants for us. Listen, he doesn't, okay, let's cut to the chase here. He doesn't, listen, he doesn't want you chained to integrity. Oh, Pastor Richard always goes on about, you know, you've got to do the right thing in business. So someone comes along and it's like, 
and you've got an opportunity to not do the right thing. It'll make you more money. And it's like, <laughs> I can't build a good business doing it this way. You're chained. You're chained. And it won't be long before the deal just gets too good. It's not long before, before an opportunity comes where you just go, <laughs> next minute, jail. Next minute, walking down the steps of some county court. You've got to change your belief about that. What, what, what do I mean? Fall in love with the fact that you can put your head on the pillow and no one's coming after you. Fall in love with that. Fall in love with the fact that you can build an awesome business like many people have, doing it God's way. Fall in love with that belief. You don't need the chains anymore. This is just your behavior now. This is what you honestly believe. You want a new life? Change the way you think. Poke the person beside you. You want a new life? Change the way you think. Change the way you think. God doesn't want to cuff you to doing the right thing with your body. He wants it to be a belief system. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to destroy it. Do you know what was funny about this, about this little story? Do you know what the Bible says? If you read those last few words, it says, and they were very afraid. Do you know what they were afraid of? They were afraid of the clothed man who was sitting there saying, do you know what's funny? Some people are more used to you being uncontrolled with your life. Do you know when you start to get some control in your life, people start to fear you? Yeah, yeah. Because they understand the guy that was reckless and couldn't get his life together. The minute you start to get some vision, people are more afraid of the person with, with vision than the person who is totally confused in life. They were more afraid of him. Weren't they afraid of the guy that was howling like a wolf and cutting himself in the cemetery? No, no, we know that guy. But this new guy that's clothed and, and he's thinking straight, oh, we're very afraid of him. Hey, be careful when people start to be afraid of you and you're thinking you're doing something wrong. I want to tell you, you're doing something right. In Jesus' name, amen? Hey, listen, if you don't reprogram your soul, you can easily revert back to autopilot. Some of you know I love that really encouraging show, Plane Crash Investigations, <laughs> which I don't know why. I just watched an episode last night. I'm getting on a plane in a couple of hours. I'm telling you, when I got on there, I can hear that commentator's voice. Passengers on EK-407 didn't realise that in a few hours they would be swimming in the ocean. <laughs> it's like, get, get out of my head. New thinking, new life. There was an old Russian jet and a new Spanish Airways plane. They, they collided mid-air, killing hundreds of people. Air crash investigators, trying to determine the cause of the accident, discovered that the Russian jet was told to hold at 10,000 feet, to which they set the parameters and they lifted the plane up and they sat at, at 10,000 feet. However, the, the, the crash actually took place at 6,000 6, feet. Did I get that out? Yeah. What happened? What happened? They were chained. They were supposed to be chained to 10,000 feet. Yet what happened was when the Russian pilot went away from the controls and went to the bathroom, the autopilot was left on. And so the autopilot took it back up, took, oh, sorry, brought it back down to 6,000 feet. And do you know what happens with us sometimes? We really, we push hard, we go for it, and we really 
try with all of our heart, using our will to try and create a behaviour in our life, and we chain ourselves to that behaviour, but it's not long before autopilot kicks in and we end up back at 6,000 feet, and that's where the accident takes place. And God wants to say to you today, listen, we've got to get off autopilot and we've got to start renewing our mind so that God can bring his good and pleasing and perfect will into our life and move away from the old and go into the new. We've got to move away from being chained to being changed. Amen. Let me ask you all a question here today. Did anybody, and please, you know, we're a very honest church, so you can feel free to raise your hand at any moment. Did any of you... On your way to church today, sit in the, maybe in traffic light somewhere or on your way, I don't know where you were, did any of you think, man, I need to restrain myself from burning down a couple of houses on the way here? <laughs> now, be honest, did anyone have to really restrain themselves from burning down a couple of houses, maybe even our church? This, like, seriously, some of you sitting right there going, Pastor Rich, don't, don't tempt me because I'm really like, I really want to burn this place down. Well, you know, there are people that actually suffer with a thing called pyromania. They love burning things, right? I'm assuming that that's not most of your issue. Put your hand up if that's not your issue in life. Put your hand up. Okay, you can put your hand up. Okay, everyone in the church, for those on podcast, everyone in church has said that's not something they suffer with. God wants you to feel like that about something that's controlling your life today. But come on, be honest. Are any of you thinking, oh man, no, I really do feel like burning something down? You're thinking, no. That's how God wants you to feel about whatever it is that you have tried to change your behavior. God needs you to have a belief. So you know the reason why you don't burn things down? Because someone has told you, don't do it. You've got no desire to do it. You understand why you shouldn't do it. You understand that it'll bring pain into people's lives. You've got a whole belief system. Why aren't we burning things down? Because we just believe that we shouldn't. That's how God needs you to feel about whatever behavior you're trying to bring into your life. God needs you to have a belief system behind that behavior. Amen? You know, I used to be a chain smoker. Like, my parents owned a milk bar, 192 different brands of cigarettes right behind me as I'm serving at the counter. You try and give up smoking. I had a carton of cigarettes up in my top drawer in my bedroom. I had one downstairs and underneath the TV. Then I could just go out into the milk. I could smoke as much as I like. But then I made a decision one day, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop this. And so I tried to chain, come on, some of you know this, the journey, I tried to chain myself to the behavior, but I kept smashing the chains, kept smashing it. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do that. While I am smoking, while I'm smoking, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this. And so I started to say this to myself, what sort of an example am I going to be? I'm, well, yeah, I don't think you guys would cope too well if I go, excuse me, guys, just hang on a moment. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, Jesus is just awesome. I didn't think you guys would cope too well with that. But I saw myself doing this one day. So I started to renew my mind about it. I started, while I was still smoking, I was telling myself, this is probably not a behavior I need to have in my life. But you know what? All of a sudden, it didn't taste as good as it used to. Then I prayed about it, and God gave me a whole strategy to get out of that. If you want to hear about that, come and see me later, if, you, if that's one of your... But, I can, but this, is the, this is what I'm trying to say. I didn't wake up this morning going, where's my cigarettes? Oh, no, that's right. I'm not doing that anymore. But that's what I used to do. Yeah. But I'm not doing that today. Yeah, good. Are you hearing me? So 
I'm not chained to that behavior. I've got a belief system now. And guess what? It's been so long now that it's, it's something I don't even think about anymore. That's how God wants you to feel about your relationships, about the way you treat, treat your children, about the way you do finances. Are you hearing me? You know, this has been a journey for me with, with, with food habits. Seriously, some of you know my journey. But I'm, I'm getting to a place where I'm not chaining myself to eating well. Seriously, I don't drive past Maccas and go, oh, 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 no, I'm serious, I don't, I can't remember the last time I went there. And I'm not driving past it, chaining myself, ah, quick car, just quickly get past the Maccas. It's like, I don't want that stuff. I know what it does to me later. I know what I look like later. I haven't got time to go to sleep for four hours now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've changed my belief about it. Don't be in such a hurry to change your behavior. Be in a hurry to change your belief. Your belief, amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise if you know what I'm saying. This is so important. I'm going to get three volunteers up. You know, we do this every year at Lifehouse, and, and, and we need to keep doing it. I'm going to get three. Let's get, let's get three girls up. No, they always get embarrassed too much. Okay, Zach, you're coming up. Dave and, uh, and Tristan, come, quick, quick, come, come. Give them a huge round of applause. Come on. Okay, I need to explain this. So, guys, if you can stand right there, right in front. Okay. So, right, it's just me. <laughs> See? They look like prisoners. <laughs> See how they look like prisoners? It's striped, got the chains going on. This is what happens in people's lives. See? When you start to think like a prisoner, you dress like one too. See? Okay. So the Bible tells us, listen to this very quickly. Come on, some of you know this stuff backwards, and I hope you do. I hope you do. This is, this is repetition on purpose, okay? This is the human spirit. This is the human soul. And this is the body. What do, what do we all see? What do we all see? The only thing we see is the body. the body. That's all we see. So when I look at you, I don't see this person, I don't see this person. All I see is this person. Okay. Now, the Bible tells us that the day Adam and Eve ate from the tree, God said, if you eat from the tree, you will surely die. Okay. Now, did they literally drop dead and die? No, they didn't. So he's got a liar. No, he's not. Something did die that day, but they didn't even know what it was. And the Bible says that their spirit died. So you've got to die, please. Die. You're dead. So from that moment on, stay there, please, because you're dead. From that moment on, every human being born into the world is born with a spirit, but your spirit is dead. dead. But every single one of us have got a soul that's alive, and of course, you've got a body that's alive. Okay? Hopefully. Maybe. Okay? So this is how we do life. You're born into the world, you go to school, you got parents, and every decision you make comes from this guy. Why? Because your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. What are they? Your mind, your emotions, and your will are your soul. That's your soul, not your spirit, and it's not your body. It all comes out of your soul. Are you hearing this? Okay. One day, someone invites you to church. You go to a cafe. I don't know what happened. And someone preaches the gospel to you, and they say, Jesus can forgive you of your sins, right? And you say, yes, I want that. The Bible calls that experience something really peculiar. It's called being born again. Why, why? Let me tell you what happens. The minute you ask Jesus into your life, his spirit comes in and he makes this guy born again. Right? Now you're born. 
right? So now, this is awesome. This is, this is where it gets tricky. Some people think God lives here. Well, he sort of does, but he doesn't really. God doesn't live in your fingertip. Because every time you'd cut your, your nails, then God would be out of your body somewhere, right? Some people think, oh, then God lives in your soul. He actually doesn't live in your soul. The Bible says God dwells in your spirit, right? Now, this is the way we are to do life. So here's this guy. His name's Tristan. So Tristan, you're the guy, right? Now, come over here. Can you step backwards, please? Can you come over here, step in front of him? Okay. If you could stand right there. So when you see... <laughs> that's all you see, right? Really, all you see is Tristan. True? Okay. But this guy is doing stuff. He's doing stuff. He's going places. He's saying things. But it's not his ear or his nostrils that are making that decision. Guess who's making the decision? This guy. Yeah, no, give him a round of applause. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy, right? But listen, this guy makes all the decisions because it's your mind, your emotions, and your will, your will. Your decision-making process comes from this guy, not this guy. Are you hearing that? Okay. The way it's supposed to work is this guy who is now united, this is Tristan, this is Tristan and God together, right? So I'm going to, can I be God? I'm going to be God in the story, all right? So I'm God. So he's born again. So now me and Tristan's spirit, we're like that, right? Right? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Have a look at what it says. First Corinthians chapter 6. It says, the person who is joined to the Lord is one person with him, right? So me, so we're like this, man. We're buddies, right? Like, I love you, man, right? Now, this is the problem. Are you ready for it? This is the problem. Someone, brace yourself, has just slapped Tristan on the face. Someone, right? Now, 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 when this spirit was dead, die, die. When this spirit was dead and this guy was talking to him, what do you want to do back? Okay, get it. We get it, right. Okay, that was a bit hard, but anyway, it's all right. We're okay. Right? That's what the old Tristan would have done because this guy told him to do it, right? Listen, your body doesn't make any decisions. It's your soul that makes every decision, okay? But now, now that he's born again, right, and, and, and God and his spirit are one, now, again, someone slaps him, right? Now, now watch what happens. Forgive that person. Forgive that person. <laughs> right. Now that, listen, that was perfect because the soul responded correctly. Yeah. Right? But what often happens is, tell him to forgive. forgive and the soul who hasn't changed his mind because he believes, no, man, you forgive, but you don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> so then he tells him, punch him back. Yeah. Did you hear that? Key his car, he said to him. <laughs> Don't mess with Dave, guys. <laughs> Parents, be careful how nasty you get with the children's pastor here. Right? So the body now goes out into the car park, finds your Mercedes, it's all over. Okay? Right? So listen, how does this work? God is perfect. You can't make God any better. The body is quite irrelevant. No, 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 sorry, sorry, it is. This guy has to be renewed. That's why, listen, two people can come and get saved, two people, this guy and another guy. This guy decides 
you know what? I'm going to renew myself. I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to do what God's way. I'm going to listen to God's word. I'm going to let it into my heart. His life just skyrockets. This guy comes, another guy comes, doesn't renew himself, doesn't change any thinking, and for 18 years he's got the same behaviors going on that he had the first day he got saved. Oh, God must love him more. God must love him less. No, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with that. God's willing to do whatever it takes. You've got to renew your soul. Amen? Now, can I just, one more illustration. Just, Tristan, stand shoulder to shoulder, guys. Okay. Well, now watch this. God's spirit can't affect the behavior directly. Can you see that? Did you see that? God is awesome. He's got so much power, but that power can't get to the body and behave right unless he goes through this guy. Now, that's a bit of a problem because you know that two-thirds majority wins, right? So if this guy is siding over here, right, two-thirds win, his behavior is going to be out of control. What you've got to consciously, consciously do is say, you know what, I'm going to detach myself from my feelings. I'm going to detach myself from the things that my flesh wants to do. And I'm going to side with this guy. Yeah. And if you side with this guy, this guy has to do what you ask him to do. Yeah. Are you hearing that? Yeah. Come on, give the Lord a huge shout. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Does that make sense? That's why in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, some of you may not have realized this is what's going on in your world. And you're wondering, why am I going around in circles? It's not your body's fault, and it's not your spirit's fault. It's your soul. Have a look at what it says. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. How? Just as your soul prospers. Listen, if your soul's prospering, everything's prospering. God's always prospering. Your body wants to prosper, but your soul is the determining factor. Proverbs 19.8. Just a couple of verses here and then we're going to close. Proverbs 19.8. It says, he who gets wisdom, what's he doing? He loves his own soul. Church, I need you to love your soul. Friends, family, I need you to love your soul a little. You haven't loved your soul in some cases for a long, long time. And what you used to think 23 years ago, you still think, and God's trying to take you somewhere, but you've got to love your soul a little bit more. He who keeps understanding, he who changes the way he thinks is what it's saying, is going to find good. Is this okay? We need some transformation to take place. Friends, please do not think coming and sitting on my couch for counseling. And by the way, just let me just talk about the whole counseling thing. We have got trained counselors in our church. Please don't ask to come and see me for counseling. I'm the worst counselor in the church. I'm so impatient. I'm trying to renew my mind about it. All right, I am. I'm trying to. But you know what I'm thinking? Why would you come to me when you can go to a trained person? And by the way, it's probably not good that the senior pastor of the church knows everything about your life. Let me tell you why. Because when I preach, you'll often think I'm talking about you. And you'll start to feel a bit of slight condemnation. And it's not my intention. It's not what I'm trying to do. That's why these days I'm saying, please don't let me be the person who does the counseling for you. We've got trained counselors. They're trained to do it, okay? And they're not high-profile people, and that's on purpose, so that you can have some anonymity. Is that okay? Yeah, can you all clap that? Because I really need you to get that, okay? It's really important because if opportunities, listen, if opportunities come up, I'm so loving this moment right now. I've been dying to do it. 
if opportunities come up, I don't want all your faults and fears and problems in my head as I'm about to make a decision as to who gets the next role around here. But if I'm doing all the counselling with you, it can actually affect my judgement. I only want to see the best of you. Can someone else sort of deal with the other stuff so that you can get better there and then all I see is your potential? Is that okay? Right? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm human. I am human. And I'm just thinking, we've set our church up. We've got great life groups. We've got great people that can counsel you. Please don't always want to come to see the pastor. First of all, try and get an appointment. Good luck with that. Seriously. No, I'm, sure I'm going away for two weeks. How am I going to counsel you then? You don't have to. You've got great counselors in the church. Okay? And some of them will, will refer you to other people as well. Okay? So I'm just saying that to say that be ready when you do see a counselor. Yes, they will pray for you. Yes, they will help you. But the one thing they're going to ask you is, so what are you thinking about that? What's your, what's your belief about that? What's your belief about that? Right now, anything that's going on in your world that you wish would change and you feel like you're chained to it, what's your thinking about that? What's your thinking about it? Because you've got to get that right. Or you'll just keep smashing the chains. You just keep smashing them, going around and around and around in circles. Get around some good people. The Apostle Paul said four times, four times in the New Testament, he said, I want you to feel something. But the word no comes up 477 times. <laughs> yes, he wants you to feel something. But more than that, the Apostle Paul wants you to know something. Listen, he didn't say, I pray that you would feel the love of God. He said, I pray that you would know the love of God. God needs you to know some things. Why? So he can renew your soul. As he renews your soul, what the Spirit is speaking to your soul gets straight through. And then your body behaves the way you want it to behave because your belief system is correct. Amen. Hey, by the way, this is great news. For some of you thinking, why do I keep going around in circles? Why isn't my relationship going forward? Why don't I have a person in my life? And you're starting to come up with weird reasons why. Hey, listen, you are an attractive person. Listen, you have worth. And you're starting to come up with all these reasons why you don't have someone in your world. And listen, if you're not careful, the devil will take you down a very dark road. Listen, maybe it's just some behaviors or some thinking that needs to be corrected. And then you're able to go to the next level of your life. For some of you, it's your finance. Why can't I seem to go forward financially? Well, the minute we talk about your finances, it's pretty clear to everybody else why you're not going forward because there's no restraint. You're spending more than you earn. It's just maths, friends. Oh, but I've got to buy that. Ah, there it is. There it is. But I need, really? Do you really need that? It's a thinking. Deal with the thinking you end up with the behavior. Amen? Is this okay? Lifehouse Church, the pastors here, the team, we're committed to actually seeing you go forward. And this is how we're going to do it, one piece at a time. Do you know what God wants to tell you? And he needs it to get through. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do you know what God needs you to really get into your spirit? That no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. And for some of us, we're so fearful and God is saying, if I could just get that through, through your spirit, you'll have so much confidence and your body will have confidence because you've understood that God is for you and he's not against you. 
that the love of God can never be disconnected from your life, no matter what you've done. I've been divorced. Yeah, the love of God is still there. Oh, but I, I failed on so many levels. The love of God is still there. You cannot disconnect yourself from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Let's give the Lord a shout across this place. I love this. God doesn't want you chained to a certain behaviour. He wants you to be changed forever by a belief. Amen. So I'm going to ask you right now, in this place, come on, I want you all to stand with me. Is this okay? I'm trying to be really practical with you. I'm just trying to be practical. I've said this many times, but it's just so real for me. I've been married 25 years to that incredible woman right there. I love her so much. Yeah, come on, if you're going to give her a round of applause, give her a huge one. I love her. I love my wife. She's so beautiful to me. She's the same person everywhere. Always. But I'm going to tell you right now, I had no confidence in me as a husband. No confidence. Because I didn't see a great example. I did in the end. My parents became Christians and it was awesome. But for my formative years... It's terrible. What I saw, what I experienced, I, you would never want to get married. So as a young man, I decided I've got to change this because you can't use violence to achieve your end. Because that's what my parents did. God, how am I going to stop if I don't get my way? How do I stop from not having that behavior? Easy. Renew your belief. Renew it. So as a 16-year-old, until I was 20 years old, I just consciously taught myself relationships. And that's why I feel like, by the way, I'm writing a book about it, if you're interested in that. At some stage, it's coming out. Because it's been a journey for me. But listen to the outcome. I don't wake up every day going, I just want to punch her. I don't. I really don't. I honestly don't say, oh, I'm, I've got to restrain that behavior. It's just not a part of my world. Why, why isn't it a part of my world? Because I changed this. Whatever it is that troubles you, I want it to not be a part of your world. Amen? I don't want you chained and smashing chains until you're in the grave. Come on. Let's, let's rise up. So I'm just wondering, is there anyone in this place that's willing to go on a journey with God and allow Him to renew your mind that then will create a belief that will then change your behaviour. Does anybody want to go on that journey with God today? If that's you, come on, we'll see hands raised right across this place. Come on, let's give him a huge shout. We love you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now, and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you. that will last for all eternity.
If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. We hope that this has made a difference in your world. Please subscribe, share and rate.